0: Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything.
1: Many people have come out and said, I'm
0: right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop?
1: Hello, and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of fool's goldfinger to explain logical fallacies. I'm your
2: host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the just world fallacy, also known as victim blaming.
1: Yeah, so on episode 50, I interviewed Dr. Bo Bennett, the author of the brilliant website Logically Fallacious. And he said that one of the things that causes logical fallacies, basically, is cognitive bias. They're often born in cognitive biases. And this is a great example of that because there's a cognitive bias called fundamental attribution error. And a cognitive bias basically is just where our usual kind of quick ways of thinking let us down or... or um, send us right. kind of reliably in one direction um, that isn't necessarily helpful yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. It's where stereotypes come from and all yeah. kinds of things like that. And this one is where you attribute your success in something, like some a, a situ- if you're in a good situation, you attribute that to the good choices you've yeah. made and your right. talent and ability and stuff like that. But if you see someone else in a similar yeah. situation, you're more likely to say that they got lucky or they were in the right place at the right time or that kind of thing. And in right, in a right. negative way, if you see someone in a bad situation, you attribute that to their choices and negative traits about them. But if you're in a bad situation yourself, you're more likely to m- kind of make more excuses for yourself and say, well, this is just circumstances, bad luck, it, You know, these things dumb- happened to yeah, me that were yeah. outside of my control. This is incredibly common. Everyone does it, and, and cognitive biases are really, really, really difficult to... Uh, I mean we don't even talk about eliminating them we we ideally, as critical yep. thinkers try to mitigate them and try to at least be aware of our biases
2: yeah, exactly notice them and say that well that's where that's come from yeah. i'll try not to think like that, yeah, yeah,
1: um, but this mode of thinking, which, as I say, everyone does. Is responsible for for this fallacy, which is basically looking at the world and saying, "Well, people get what they deserve. It is a just world. If if I'm doing well, it's because I made good <laughs> yeah. choices. If people are doing badly, it's because they made bad choices." The just world name was coined by a, a social psychologist in the 60s called Melvin Lerner, who decided, that, or he he theorised at least that a belief in a just world um is what allows otherwise compassionate individuals to rationalise an injustice they believe they couldn't stop or prevent. So if if they see bad stuff happening right. then yeah. rather than yeah. doing something about yeah. it, they can just say, well, you know, that's yeah. because they that person did, you know, is a bad person. Um so they don't they don't yeah, yeah. feel the need yeah. to actually do something. <laughs> yeah. Um and he did various experiments. He did experiments with people watching someone get electric shocks. And the worst the person suffered, right. although they were pretending um, that the observers yeah. kind of came up with explanations they they thought that person was a worse person. He did one experiment where he had two men doing puzzles solving puzzles, and at the end, mm-hmm. one of them was randomly awarded a large sum of money and and they had observers looking at this happening. They told the observers that the reward was completely random, that it was not tied to. Right. How good they were at puzzles. But when they were asked right. later to evaluate the two men, the observers said that the one who got the award was smarter, more talented, and better at solving puzzles and more productive. Even though they'd been specifically wow. told the,
2: the, they the told award was that random. was utterly random yeah. and not tied to it at all. Because
1: they wow. were seeing the, the the good thing that happened to someone as being somehow tied to yeah. their talent, their ability, their their choices that they were yeah. making. What they had yeah. done, yeah, yeah. Golly, that's how deep deep oh, and yeah. it's, hard-wired it's in it is. It's in us. It's really difficult to shake. Yeah. But it's not in us to the same degree in everyone. A couple of right. researchers <laughs> at Harvard University yeah. and um, UCLA conducted surveys to examine the characteristics of people who have strong beliefs in a just world, Who who... Kind of feel this very strongly, um, and they found that, that people right. who have a strong tendency to believe in a just world also tend to be more religious, more authoritarian, more conservative, more likely to admire political leaders and existing social institutions, and more likely to have a negative attitude towards underprivileged groups. So Trump supporters, wow. basically.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, that's it. I, I read an article uh, this week. No, uh, yeah, by Alistair Campbell. The well, he was Blair's spin doctor, but he's now a kind of reporter on all things politic. And he adopted the phrase from somebody else that he read called populist, And um, he says, well, Boris is a populist. It's about making people feel that they are better off than somebody else. Because then that plays into this kind of just world thing, which says, well, they are to blame for their misfortune. I'm in charge of my destiny. So everything's fine with me. Yeah. And of course it isn't because we all live in the same world and it's deliberately being decimated by the few, at the expense of the many. But as long as you've got some people who you can say, well, you're making terrible choices, that's why you're worse than I am, then I feel better than you. And that's all you need. So, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, it plays into this innate bias.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there was a there was a poll done in 2017 by the Washington Post and the Kaiser Family Foundation asking basically about poor people, asking about why mm-hmm. why are some people poor essentially, yeah, and 46 yeah. percent of Christians basically said it was because they're lazy, right, compared with 29 percent of non-Christians.
2: Nice Christian attitude.
1: So yeah, yeah. Uh, even though poverty and you know giving up your your. Worldly goods is supposedly a Christian yeah. thing to do. They they see it thing. as yeah, yeah, well you know if you're poor it's your own fault basically. You should work a bit harder. Your sure. problem. And in yeah. that same poll, when they split it up between Democrats and Republicans, twenty six percent of Democrats blamed a lack of effort for poverty, while sixty three percent of Republicans <laughs> did. So that's what we're working wow. with essentially. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah. And <laughs> There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's what leads yeah. to the kinds of examples that we have here today. First one from yep. Trump comes after the shooting of Rayshard Brooks, who was the black man who had a bit too much to drink and fell asleep in the drive through lane in a Wendy's. Um, he was kind of right. woken up by the police and they tried to um, arrest him. He resisted, grabbed yep. uh, one of the police officers' tasers and ran away. And while he was running away... And right. uh, the policeman shot him in the back and killed they him. Shot him in the back. So his his yeah. crime was ultimately drunk driving, and and then resisting arrest. And neither of which is the penalty is death. No. And this is what Trump had to say about it.
0: The event that took place yesterday was I thought it was uh, a terrible situation, but you can't resist a police officer, and you know if you have a disagreement. You have to take it up after the fact. It was a very sad, very, very sad thing. And, look, uh, you really—you take a look. It was out of control. The whole situation was out of control. I heard today and just got a report that the uh, police officer's lawyer said that he heard a sound like a gun, like a gunshot, and he saw a flash in front of him. So that's an interesting, you know, I don't know that I would have necessarily— I believe that, but I will tell you, that's uh, that's a very interesting thing, and maybe that's so. They're going to have to find out. It's up to justice right now. It's going to be up to justice. I hope he gets a fair shake, because police have not been treated fairly in our country. They have not
1: been treated fairly. Yeah, police haven't been treated fairly. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. when when Trump says, no. I hope he gets a fair shake, he is talking about the policeman who shot the black man, not, you know, because cause yes. the guy's dead. Not So... Um. He doesn't, yeah yeah he doesn't get you know, that's got
2: a bit disingenuous to say well if, if you've got a dispute, you need to take it up afterwards yeah well there is there's never any afterwards
1: but yeah trump is is essentially saying, yeah, it's a bad thing that that the police shot someone, but you know yeah. it's his
2: own fault, he shouldn't have resisted, he shouldn't have run yeah, away because you shouldn't you shouldn't <sighs> nah, when it comes to being black yeah. in you know in front of a policeman, just don't resist because yeah. if you do. Bad things happen, and it's yeah.
1: a, and it's a very common thing that comes out when you know uh, Jacob Blake in Wisconsin uh, when he was shot in the back. Um, people said, "Oh, you know, he was he was possibly maybe reaching for a knife." George Floyd, obviously, people were saying, "Well, he was yeah. he was a career criminal and a drug addict, and he yeah. he held a woman yeah. at gunpoint years before." None of which factored into the fact that he was being arrested for. No. For possibly passing a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, and yeah, that isn't a death sentence case there's no <laughs> no you know but no. but they they bring up these things and say, well you know they these are bad people. the bad thing happens to them mm. um because because they're bad people, they've made bad choices um and it kind of explains it away for them. it means that they then don't yeah. feel like there is some there is the need to do something about it.
2: Yes, exactly. They haven't got to be outraged and do something about yeah. it and engage with the Black Lives Matter movement in a positive way, for instance. They can just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, shit happens to shit people. So I mean, it's beyond my control. I can't actually do anything about that, um, which is another way of saying I'm all right because I'm successful yeah. in my choices. Another example of
1: Trump using it as an excuse not to do anything is after the um, the yep. shooting at the Tree of Life synagogue uh, where, where after which yep. he was asked about um, whether it was maybe finally time to do something any fucking thing about gun control <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah.
1: and he said this
2: this has
0: little to do with it if you take a look if they had protection inside uh, the results would have been far better. This is a dispute that will always exist I suspect but if they had. Some kind of a protection inside the temple. Uh, maybe it could have been a very much different situation. They
1: didn't. So, if they had had an armed guard inside the synagogue, <laughs> then this wouldn't have happen to them.
2: Yeah. It wouldn't have been. Yeah. Yeah. It's so they were they were wrong to not have you know massively armed people in in case there was ever a massively armed person coming at. Yeah. Them.
1: Yeah. So, so this bad thing not the that happened to them. armed guys' fault. Yeah, yeah. It's because they.
2: It's because they made a bad choice. Down to them, essentially. Like, yeah, They like, didn't have a tank in the synagogue. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> our
1: um, our third example yeah. is actually from uh, the next generation of fallacious Trumps. This is from Eric. <laughs> He's actually defending something that his father said, because uh, this is when right. Roger Ailes of Fox was publicly accused I guess because he'd been accused for many years but publicly accused of of sexual Mm. harassment and Donald Trump was asked by USA Today what he would want Ivanka to do about it you know what if Ivanka was working there Mm. and had had this experience and he said basically that he would hope that she would get a new career or go to a different company which is not not necessarily the best way to deal with that kind of thing. Um, and people thought, no, yeah, that's, no. not, that's not the answer. And so they asked Eric about it on... Uh, actually, ironically, Charlie Rose was asking him about uh, sexual harassment. Right. <laughs> and he said yeah. uh, that this is what he thought Ivanka would have done. Ivanka is a, a strong, you know, powerful woman. She wouldn't allow herself to be you know, objected you know
2: to it and by the way you should certainly take it up with human resources and i think you know she she definitely right. would as a strong person at the same time i don't think she would allow herself to to be subjected to that so the issue is that the woman who was the result of the harassment was because she allowed herself to be yeah. subjected to it yeah
1: she allowed and, herself and to be wouldn't. subjected to sexual harassment but ivanka yeah. being a strong person a strong woman wouldn't allow herself to be subjected to it fuck all the way off yeah <laughs>
2: And when you get there, fuck off some more. Yeah. Wow. That is really that's you use the usual. Well, if you go out dressed like that, yeah. What can you expect?
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a, it's another common feeling that people have about domestic abuse is is saying, well, you know, if I was in that situation, yeah. I would leave. I wouldn't stay in that situation. And it, mm. and it's absolutely not that simple. And you're calling the person who is experiencing that. You know, weak and helpless, and and um, yep. essentially stupid for not making and it, and their own fault for not making the right yeah. choice. The choice you would make if you were in that situation. It's it is yeah, horrifying.
2: Yeah. And because and because it's your view that I wouldn't do that in my situation. That goes back to the cognitive bias that I would that I always make good yeah. choices. And the right choice. Yeah, that's why I don't find myself in that situation. So it's amazing, isn't it? That it, that's that you know, from those statistics about the, from the the Christian fraternity, you would think that it, it's an, a very humane thing to to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and say, "Yes, I would probably do exactly the same in those circumstances." I don't know that I would do anything different. Yeah, but you're you're weirdly
1: assuming Christians. Oh, humane, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, he exactly. said that's that's my only point of <laughs> reference, you know, from, from the propaganda that I was taught at school that they are, you know, nice people and do unto mm. others as you'd have them do unto you and turn the other cheek and you know, be it look out for your fellow man and take in all that kind of poor stuff. strangers it, who have who need help, yeah, all that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't cross to the other side, yeah, all of that, yeah. <sighs> but no it's it's oddly, and where does it come from you know so it's it's the the actual story of humanity is Cain and Abel you know killing killing the brother and in order to get that's what it is it's not it's not about it's not Jesus it's that's he came along to kind of fix all that because we fucked it up since the Garden of Eden. and you think, well, and yet that's what we we are an old testament race we're kind of people that will just. Be jealous of other people's success and um, derogatory towards people who fail. Yeah. You know, you're failing because you're stupid. You know, I'm succeeding because I'm brilliant. And that, that guy is succeeding because he's had all the luck in the world. Yeah. So that you're, you know, I, I'm well, I'm middle I class. so I look it, up to. him. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Part of it is, is within the fallacy leans more towards people who are successful, even if they're other people. Um, are successful because mm. they're good people uh, or because they make good choices. And that, yeah. I think, it feeds into yeah. the, the lionization mm. of Trump. Mm. The fact that he is successful means he must be good. He must be talented and
2: yeah, yeah. that stuff. Well, that's certainly the message that he talents yeah, yeah, at every possible time he opens his
1: mouth so we got one more example in this section uh because when you start looking for yep. examples of this it's just every bug and wear so can't stop yeah this uh this is from senator mo brooks republican senator and this was when trump was trying to get obamacare overturned uh and failing again and again when they finally came out with a republican healthcare bill which totally failed um, this was one thing that Mo Brooks said about it.
0: My understanding is that it will allow insurance companies to require people who have higher health care costs to contribute more to the insurance pool that helps offset all these costs, thereby reducing the cost to those people who lead good lives. Uh, they're healthy. Uh, you know, they've done the things to keep their bodies healthy. Uh, and right now, those are the people who have done things the right way that are seeing their costs skyrocketing. Again,
1: fuck off. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. this is yeah. the people who are healthy are people who have made good choices. They've led good lives. They've done everything right. Meaning, all the people who are unhealthy and have or have pre-existing conditions or fucking cancer or whatever are, you know, yeah. the opposite of that. They didn't make just, good they choices. They didn't the live choices. right. Yeah, and that that essentially yeah. was the underpinning of that healthcare bill. <laughs> was you know no you you don't get healthcare you're not a good person you're not good enough
2: well that was the argument when the when the uh, post-war government set up the NHS in the UK that there was those arguments that it was well, in fact the whole of the um the Tory party's view of the welfare state of which the NHS was part is that well people will just take advantage you know they they're there through their own fault you know they're ill because you know they can't afford to get health care because they've made the wrong choices so the but the the socialist government was all about well it ought to be free for everybody not just those people should be free at the point of access for everyone not just those people that could hitherto be able to afford it but people who can't and we as a society as in the 20th century in a post-war um society ought to be able to support those people who are less advantaged than us. And yeah, they have to fight it through government. And you know, if you read some of the statements have made at the time, they're very similar to Mo Brooks's stuff about what you mean all of us well and wealthy people are going to have to pay for the poor and the unfortunate and the people that have made the wrong choices. You know, there is that the correlation between only people who are stupid and lazy and poor get ill, yeah and, and and it's their fault for being stupid and poor and um and making wrong choices and being unhealthy it's their fault, yeah, yeah, no it's just ghastly
1: um and to to be absolutely as fair as I can be to mo brooks <laughs> he did. <laughs> He yeah. did follow yeah. this up by saying Don't feel you have to. That um, <laughs> yeah. that some people who have pre-existing conditions uh you know it's it's not through any fault of their own that they're in that situation.
2: Oh right. Oh, you know,
1: nice of you to Absolutely yeah. nice of them to acknowledge yeah. it. But he but that wasn't yeah in a, any way addressed in the bill that they were trying to push that they were, they barely acknowledged that no. and and they were absolutely trying to, and and went through several courts to try and strip the pre-existing conditions requirement of the insurance companies that so, so in a way the fact they acknowledged it is worse because <laughs> because you can yeah, kind of yeah. in a way weird way accept that if they just don't get that people who have pre-existing conditions both exist and don't deserve to die then yeah then their yeah. healthcare yeah. bill no, would make a lot more sense fault. in
2: that yeah. in that mindset yeah. and now is the time, I think, for Marx-British politics. Corner. Well, speaking of the UK government and their attitude towards um, people and health is their own fault and it's nothing that the government can do about it, since Sajid Javid has become the new health secretary, who is, well, last month, was it? And then when he had, he's had two jabs, but he caught COVID, Um on the twenty fourth he recovered on the twenty fourth of July he was tweeting his the the good news of his recovery it's a relative term good news um and he was extolling the virtues of the vaccine get out of jail free card thing that has come along to save the government um and at the bottom of the tweet he put, "Please, if you haven't yet, get your jab as we learn to live with." rather than cower from this virus. Uh, so, you, so everybody just kind of went, mm-hmm. so are you saying that the more than 100,000 people who caught it and died did so because they were too cowardly and not brave enough in the face of coronavirus, and it's not their, the government's fault, it's their lack of courage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that essentially is what they're saying. COVID. Yeah, is that's basically what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because yeah. you can,
1: you know, the, as mass, we learn to live with it, not everyone got to do that. It's like when people say, you know, people have been having having babies naturally for for you know hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, and enormous yeah. numbers of them were dying when they tried to do that. Yes, exactly. That's not a good and they answer. Still are in the third yeah. world. Yes. Yeah. 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 So learning to live with it. Yeah. Or the
2: global south is rather. only the people
1: yeah. who survive.
2: And and not cowering in the face yeah. of it, you know, be brave, go get it, and you know that that's there. There's an even stronger element of the the just well victim blaming fallacy behind the government's overall change of stance on COVID since Javid's appointment, because he's a proper bullish. Fuck you lot, get back to work. Um Not the man ha- Matt Hancock didn't live by it before. But since Javid, this is an absolute declaration of how the government is no longer going to manage the control of the outbreak. <laughs> not that they ever did before, really. And in the, their usual policy of shifting responsibility and blame away from themselves, they invoke this fallacy to imply if you get COVID, it's your fault for not doing the right thing. And yeah, so the yeah. But even the people who get the jabs get COVID. So where does that land him? you know it's all about well actually it doesn't prevent covid like we said it would it just means you don't die from it with that and a a big big dose we should say it it absolutely still
1: does prevent it just not 100 percent
2: oh yeah yeah it's like 90
1: to 95 percent prevention as well as reducing dramatically
2: the severity of the illness unfortunately in Sergi's case (laughs) yes and uh, Yvette Cooper, the Labour MP, tweeted in response: "129,000 people who died didn't cower; they fought for their lives. Frontline workers didn't cower; they kept calm and carried on. Millions in lockdown didn't cower; they followed your rules and made sacrifices for others. So I'm glad you recovered, but please never treat illness as a weakness." Yeah, and it's part of the the. I think the stance, the bullish stance with Sajid, is part of the continuing culture war that Boris it, it employs to foment polarization. So we've now got the jabbed versus the jabbed knots. And there's there's no sense we're talking about the social collective support post war government. There's none of that with let's all let's all get it to help the vulnerable. Let's protect those who can't or won't get the jab. Although that Kind of was the first reason the reason for the first lockdowns to shield the elderly, let's you know save lives, protect the NHS. That was all a very socialist kind of um, sentiment, and you know, it's cynically awful that they were hiding behind that. But and the shielding the elderly didn't go terribly well either. And they're, they're using the if you don't get jabbed, I might get it from you, I'm looking out for me approach. So that, that war between. You know, there's the, the kind of the if you're not getting the jab, then you're you're making a bad choice. You're a bad person. And what that's doing is threatening me. So that's the culture war that keeps kind of getting promoted. As, you know, they never come out and say that, but it's just behind that. And, and to a certain extent, the the you know, it's 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 promoted as the right thing to do. If you don't get it, you'll die. And that's your problem. Um, there are people that do the right thing and everyone else, does that mean we're doing the wrong thing? There was this notion in Victorian times of the deserving poor. So there was like the fairest classes of poor people. There were the poor. And then there was the deserving poor who are probably trying to get out of poverty. Whereas the people that don't, they're just lazy and they're undeserving of our charity. And there's no difference, really. When Thatcher extolled Victorian values, that's precisely what she was talking about. That there are people who are deserving of our charity and there are for whom the welfare state is available. And there are people who don't deserve it and we should withdraw that from them. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah. So example number two. British citizens returning from red countries as we've got a traffic light system in the UK. If you come back from a red country and you're a British citizen, you're allowed back in the country, but you have to quarantine for 10 days in a hotel at your own expense. So here's a clip of interviews with people in quarantine and uh, from Channel 5 News and on Good Morning Britain on ITV. There was an interview with Dominic Raab who was questioned about well, OK, how are you enforcing this? And just listen out for his reply vis-a-vis that. But also, that he sticks in to people who do the right thing.
1: They're all paying at least £1,750 to stay here. That's the minimum for one adult, not including children. For that, they expected a basic level of care and hygiene they claim wasn't met. There were concerns about hygiene outside and inside rooms.
0: This rubbish has actually been there for at least three days.
2: They're finding that actually the people in the hotels aren't wearing masks, they're being allowed to go out to smoke cigarettes, which makes a nonsense of the isolation. It's all very well to have the idea. It's actually putting into place something to see it through, isn't it?
1: But as with enforcement across the board, not just in relation to this, but the wider um, social distancing and wider social uh, measures and restrictions we've got in place. Yes, it's difficult to enforce them. We do rely on people doing the right thing, but there is very clearly the penalties and the enforcement and the accountability, as we've already shown with, with the fines that have uh, been levied,
2: which have been high level
1: fines for
2: those who are flouting
1: the rules.
0: The phrase that they used was,
1: This is quarantine, it's not a holiday.
2: So there are several things going on in there. The, so Dominic Raab evading spectacularly the question about so that you're making people go into hotel at their own expense for that price. If you were in a hotel for 10 days and it cost you 170 pounds a night for a hotel, you would expect some level of service. And the question quite rightly to him is, so who's, who's enforcing that they are provided with a, you know, humane service and that they're protected from, you know, not being allowed outside or, the staff not wearing masks, all that stuff. Who's enforcing that? And he, and he just spectacularly goes off and says, well, it's very difficult to enforce social distancing. We're relying on people doing the right thing. And then it ends up with one of the customers saying, they said to us, this is quarantine, not a holiday. So this is whole implication behind it is that you've come into this country from a red listed country it's your fault, so you've just got to suffer the consequences. You know, it's 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 proper victim blaming because they're saying, well, you know, of course it's unhygienic. Of course, um, we're not going to uh, make sure that the isolation rules are enforced because it's this is it's not a holiday. Yeah, you know, yeah. You did, Why? You, why would we bother you to you ended up to make here. sure it's both effective? Yeah. and not awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And actually, they're not bothering to do either because you know, somewhere along the line, someone's making a lot of money out of it and it's been shifted out to private hands. So the government doesn't have to do anything about it. And they would just say, you know, very, I think it slipped out. He's saying, you know, we're relying on people to do the right thing. And actually, well, what is the right thing? We've do, we're doing the quarantining and yet nobody's stopping staff not wearing masks or going people going outside yeah i mean if you're not
1: if you're not enforcing it in some way or having a system there it really isn't any different from self-isolating in your own home is it if the if they're just trusting the people to stay in the hotel and not not mix with other people and not go out for a fact then it's not yeah it's not any different from saying okay you can come in the country but go to your house now and don't go out
2: for 10 days you're just yeah, trusting because they're pretty citizens so they live here yeah yeah and that and, and in a way you're not you can guarantee you're not in a building full of people that have come yeah. from um, countries that have got virulent viruses yeah in your own home that's Yeah, so it's well, and subsequently, there's a law firm that are maintaining, they're suing the government, basically, they're saying that mandatory hotel quarantine is a fundamental breach of human rights. It has led to the false imprisonment of people who are fully vaccinated and have tested negative, because the only difference between a red country and an amber country in terms of what you have to do on your return is, well, up until, and we'll talk about that later, up until recently, you had to quarantine, you had to self-isolate and the, the difference between quarantine and self isolation is a hotel bill yeah blame it on the people that have been away somewhere that we've decided is now dangerous and you want to come back an example number 3 um because i was looking um it's it, you're right there's so much stuff turns up when you type in you know, <laughs> government it's your fault <laughs> And loads of stuff come up. Priti Patel is um, the, the Home Secretary. She's putting a new legislation which is going to make being a traveller or a Romani or a gypsy even more illegal. And Matthew Paris was a writer, who's an ex-MP and a Times newspaper columnist, was writing a report on this. Um, and in the comments section of it, so it's in the Times, and bear in mind these are readers of the Times, and you kind of expect maybe that's my cognitive bias – you kind of expect a level of decorum and politeness and etiquette and possibly even intelligence. But one of the comments was that their children are deprived of education is the fault of their lifestyle. Children moving all the time cannot have a settled education. That they die young is also their own fault too. There you have it, just, uh, just blatantly done so you know and it's of course nothing to do with the government policy of continually moving on travellers. Yeah f- and forcing them to do it. But they, the 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 readers are just it plays into their cognitive bias. It's their fault. They die young is their fault. That, and rather than questioning, well why is it that they die young or why is it that they can't be allowed to have a settled education it's just, it's appalling to read you go through the comment section and somebody is commenting in the comment section on how appalling the comments are <laughs> and and that the, the 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 kind of house rules obviously some of the comments have been deleted because you can see where it says this comment's been deleted for breach of the house rules and you think and these ones don't breach the house rules that you could just say the reason they die young is their fault. In life, the logic comes and goes. They talk too fast and think too slow. Changing minds from hour to hour. Your logic stinks. I need to shower. Fallacy, a fallacy in the wild yet. Fallacy, it's a fallacy, a fallacy in the wild yet. There you go. Of course, the Pet Shop Boys, what have I done to deserve this? In
1: the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to look at the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And this week, our first example actually comes from Bill O'Reilly, friend of the show. Aha! Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from uh, his radio show in August of 2006. We don't have a clip. Uh, I've scoured the internet, but it doesn't seem to exist anymore. Um, but he was discussing right. an 18-year-old who was murdered, well, raped and murdered, unfortunately, and uh, he said, Jennifer Moore, 18, on her way to college, she was five 5'2", 105 pounds, wearing a miniskirt and a halter top with a bare midriff. Now, again, there you go. So every predator in the world is going to pick that up at 2 in the morning. So, I mean, this is classic
2: victim blaming. Right. so not the predators, not they not, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, not the predator's Nothing fault. to do with the predator's. <laughs> No, it is, yeah, she they, was. You know, they're just ordinary people. The fact that he uses the word predator is quite telling, yeah, yeah. because you know that surely somebody who predates on somebody else is they're the baddie. I mean, it's essentially saying, you know, whole...
1: accept that there are predators out there, and don't make bad choices. Yeah, like this person did. Yeah, um, you know, don't yeah. lead them on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, sadly, yeah. this is this is so typical. It's uh, almost a cliche. Basically, that I mean, it is a cliche, isn't it? Yeah. What yeah.
2: you know, if someone is is attacked, it's what what were you wearing? And it's fifteen years on, and you know, uh, Sarah Everard who died mm-hmm. at the hands of a um, off duty policeman who raped and killed her. Same thing. Same thing happened. Like the first day, everyone was going, "Oh my god, this is terrible." The second day, well, what was she wearing? And she was walking home on her own what could you expect is it really
1: yeah uh, so our second example <laughs> comes from the uh, movie trading places fantastic but having uh-huh. having rewatched yeah, it yeah. recently ooh, still a little bit problematic in places <laughs> uh, eddie murphy and dad yeah. comedy it's not aged well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's still funny this is where the brothers uh, Randolph and Mortimer uh, first come up with their, their plan to uh, swap successful Dan Aykroyd and a homeless Eddie Murphy uh, to see what happens.
0: Winthorpe is a very steady young man. We're lucky to have him managing our firm for us. Oh, hogwash. Exeter, Harvard, he's the product of good environment. It's got nothing to do with environment. With his genes, you can put Winthorpe anywhere and he's going to come out on top. Breeding Randolph, same as in racehorses, it's in the blood.
1: So Randolph is in favour of the nurture mm-hmm. side of the debate, whereas uh, Mortimer is mm-hmm. very much in yeah. the nature side. He, he thinks that it's basically good people have got where they are, successful people have got where they are because of who they are, because of their genes, because of all of that yep. stuff. Whereas Randolph says um, you, put a, you put a person in the right situation and they will, they will thrive. Um, and he ultimately is proven right in that he wins the one dollar bet that they make on these people's lives yeah spoiler alert for a for like forty year old film yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, basically this whole film is kind yeah. of this fallacy it is it is investigating yeah, yeah. um the two sides of that yeah. debate about is is it is it about luck or
2: uh in, in inherent traits that people have um, yeah well it's an update of my fair lady isn't it it's the the same thing where the guy plucks to, the woman off the street until I can get her to pass. Yeah,
1: but it's also the obverse yeah. of that as well because they because they ruined Dan Aykroyd's life and he turns to crime. So, yeah, it's kind of My Fair Lady plus the reverse of it.
2: Plus Boys from Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, our final example is uh, from a woman called Amanda Platel. She's an Australian journalist. Works for the Daily Mail. And mm. I think she was press secretary for, I think it was
2: William Hague, the Tory MP. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Former Conservative yeah. leader. Well, he was the leader for yeah. a while and kind of teenage Thatcher fan. So needless to say, she's an awful, awful person. Yeah,
1: <laughs> needless to say. And this is, this, is, this is her views on obesity, which she has dined out on, for want of a better phrase, um, again and again yeah. at the Mail. Uh, <laughs> she keeps writing articles about this. Do
2: you know what I really wanted for breakfast this morning? It was one of those fantastic big bacon sandwiches with lots of slabs of white bread and brown sauce and a couple of fried eggs. That was my dream. So what did I have for breakfast? I had a banana and some yogurt. And why did I do that? Because I made a choice. I don't wanna be fat. So I was absolutely staggered to hear that the government's planning now to give gastric surgery, basically giving people a gastric ban all of the obese people in this country. The operation costs between five and £10,000. The stats for what they're worth are that we now have almost a third of the entire British population is obese. So you do the maths on what that is going to cost us because those people chose to have a bacon sandwich in the morning and not a banana.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So <laughs> fat people are fat because they, mm-hmm. they bacon yeah. sandwiches instead of bananas and it's their yeah. own fault. And they shouldn't get help from the NHS.
2: So what she's saying is it's all very well to want a bacon sandwich with double fried egg and bread and stuff. But if you you need to choose not to, like I did, which is the right choice, and then you won't be fat and then you won't be a drain on the NHS. And the only reason that people are fat is because they choose to eat bacon. Yeah. That's fundamentally it, which is the wrong choice. That's the bad thing to do. Eating bacon is never the wrong thing to do. No, absolutely (laughs) It is it is in every situation.
1: Yeah. If one of your options is eating bacon, I mean that is by default the right answer. Do that. Yeah. As I said at the beginning, we all kind of we all have this cognitive bias of attributing our own success to our ability and, and choices and and um other people's failures to their choices. But it seems like some people take it more to extremes and it's whether you're fat or poor or assaulted or sexually harassed or shot. It's your own fault.
0: So we're going we're gonna to play Fake News, folks. I love the game. It's a great game.
1: I understand the game as
0: well as anybody. As well as anybody.
1: Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are
2: real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, you'd, you'd like people to believe that my appalling score is all my fault. But what what you fail to realise is I'm fighting the law of averages here, and that's the real culprit. Nothing yeah, to do with me.
1: The situation you find yourself in. So uh, it's just yeah, bad luck.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just it's just bad, it's bad luck. <laughs> Heaped upon bad luck. Nothing to do with wrong choices. Even though this is a game specifically of about choosing. Yeah, and yeah. it's specifically about choosing the right <laughs> one. Yeah, or not choosing the wrong one.
1: Yeah. So, um,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: our theme this time. Is, uh, we've done this before, actually, we did this back in in episode 54, I think we did this. It is, um, these are statements that Trump has put out through his website, um, because he can't use Mm -hmm. Twitter. So he gets, he pays Liz Harrington to do almost nothing but copy and paste his statements into her Twitter account. ranty shit.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) And the the reason that I thought
1: we'd go back to it is because this week he released a statement, which in its entirety said in all caps, bullies never fight. Right, and, I, and I've got no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Neither does anyone else. Maybe he's talking no. about Cuomo, but it's not entirely clear. Or if he is, what that means. But anyway, um, he yeah. did that. It drew a bit more attention back to his, uh, his statements that he puts out. So here are three statements uh, that he has made recently um, through faux right. Twitter. Number one. Uh, this was after Tom Brady visited the White House and had a bit of a joke with uh, with Joe Biden. Tom Shady needs to do his research and realize how rigged and rigged it was the last election was. Maybe he was too busy deflating balls, weak grip, to follow what is happening all around our great country, including Maricopa County, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. When I'm back at the White House, we'll see who he jokes with. The answer is me, your favorite president. If I even invite him, so much voter fraud.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bouncing ball of, of <laughs> <coughs>
1: madness, that one. Yeah. Statement number two. I turned down two book deals from the most unlikely of publishers in that I do not want to do such a deal right now. I'm writing like crazy anyway. However, and when the time comes, you'll see the book of all books. Actually, I've been working on a much more important project right now.
2: So, yeah, you're writing like crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> he does write like crazy anyway. Yeah, I'm writing like crazy anyway. Yeah, we know that is a great description of how he writes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm writing like crazy, it's doing the book of all books, and actually, I'll be working something more important. So, despite the fact he's so he's turned down two book deals, the most unlikely publishers. Who, who's that then, Doctor Zeus? I don't know. Who would that be? The people that put the you know, the, the straight to the bargain bin people. In, but i don't want to do that because i'm writing like that and i'm doing this really important thing and actually i've just thought of something else i'm doing which means i can't write so don't ask me <laughs> and he didn't even say that like <laughs> live he just put it out no this is he right, Wrote that no. down and got somebody to post it uh-huh. yeah
1: man statement number three man. nobody had yeah. ever heard of some of these people that worked for me in dc all of a sudden, the fake news starts calling them. Some of them, by no means all, feel emboldened, brave, and for the first time in their lives, they feel like something special, not the losers that they are, and they talk, talk, talk. Many say I am the greatest star maker of all time, but some of the stars I produced are actually made of garbage.
2: <laughs> many say I'm the greatest star No, but nobody nobody's said that. Many, are many stars. Name that. me three stars you've made. Many, many, many. Yeah, it's like one one more than a few. Yeah, and some of the stars' are actually made of garbage. Okay. Then they're not stars. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's like the plot of Wally, isn't it? Nobody ever said something "All of a sudden, the fake news starts." Okay, all right. Turn down two book deals. See, the thing is, we don't get the the joyful thing of hearing him say him. That's the no, but, I, but some of them. No, you'll sound just have to like take my word for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and yes, I want written evidence. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Shady. Okay, the whole stuff like like, mm, okay, I I really want the book deal one to happen, and I, and I really like the first one, but then that I could be just being lured into a false false. It's a lure. I mean, in a false sense of Trumpness. Okay, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna make the wrong and bad choice. I'm going to say that, despite all that right, fake news. Now I'm convinced by that one. Stars have made a garbage. Something about that first sentence that sounds a bit Jim. So okay. So I'm going to have uh, number three is the one you made up.
1: Okay. So of the other two, which are you more convinced by?
2: The the two book deals. Okay. So uh, statement number two. Convince is a strong word. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Real.
1: That is a statement that he put what? out. He is, uh, he, is going, he is writing like crazy.
2: He's writing like crazy? <laughs> wow. Oh, well, I'm the most unlikely of publishers. I can't think, what we need is somebody that publishes exam papers or something like that. Somebody that <laughs> publishes re- rectal examination testing kit instructions or something like that. I would like to buy I think the title of the book should be Writing Like Crazy.
1: <laughs> that should be the that should be the title. You also thought yeah. number one was real? Um uh, yeah. number one is yeah. Yeah. fake news. Oh, good work. Nice. Yeah. I can't take credit for that actually. Um this right. was a a uh, this was posted on Twitter um by not yeah. Liz Harrington, someone else. Um okay. and but it went round as as if it was a real statement. Everyone from, basically from believed Trump. it and and was right. passing it around going, oh, look, can you believe what you said now? Kind of thing. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it, although it's Poe's law all over again, it's, you know, you, it's yeah. really hard, as I've discovered, to write stuff that is crazier than the stuff he would normally yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you can write bullshit and it's like, yep, I can totally believe that Trump would have said that. It's like yeah. when we had... Yeah. That day, the, the bot where that did it. Someone said uh, his he'd put his trousers on back to front, um, and yeah, stood yeah. at a podium, yeah. and everyone was like, "I yeah. can totally believe that." Yep, <laughs> that does yeah. not seem yeah, unlikely exactly. at all. No, no.
2: <laughs> it turned <laughs> yeah. out not to be true, like, but the fact yeah. that everyone was just like, went, "Yeah, that yeah, sounds like that's, him." Yeah. <laughs> <That's it>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those ones that the that the bot wrote remember we had that the, oh, the yeah, yeah, Trump that, bot that yeah. did stuff and then you just think oh yeah perfectly convincing because <laughs> it's just that well this one the reason I was convinced by that was that it does that kind of the the slowly bouncing ball that's losing energy through you know noise and heat and and all that stuff and it just goes <laughs> from okay this this tra- tra- ever trailing off thought and with a, and he gets in a. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's about me. You know, who who? Let's see. Who he jokes with, with the answer is me. If I even invite him, it's just. And then to you yeah. know, top it all off with like the so fact much voter fraud. Um,
1: I, again, in a convincing way, he put the answer is me. Your favorite president, and president is in quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Trump laughs> does very yeah. frequently is using that. Yeah. That kind of yeah. accidental. Yeah quote thing yeah so which means that number three yeah. was real uh he did say uh, that some of the stars he produced are made of garbage
2: no <laughs> way oh Cause, my god uh, and that-
1: yeah because that this was when he um there were basically new books coming out i don't know why but they all came out in a bit of a flurry um right. just a, a couple oh, yeah, months yeah, ago yeah, yeah. Um, from people yeah. who had worked uh at the white house and um yeah yeah this was basically him saying
2: well, they were yeah, they're all,
1: desperate to... all of these people who are saying bad things about me.
2: Um, yeah. They're losers. Yeah. Because they're losers. They're really yes, is that? I I just, because I... Yeah, <laughs> even though I made some of them out of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a shit thing to say, isn't it? It's just... It's, you know, it's not presidential, is it? It's not even ex-presidential. It's just con- the continuing... Blarney from a... An aggrieved failure. That, yeah. yeah, there you go, and that's my <laughs>
1: verdict. Yeah, excellent. I've got.
2: Oh no! Many, so I've next dropped episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, So uh, that means I'm. Oh, okay. So we're up to seventy games, and I'm yeah. down thirty-three to, out of seventy. Oh, I'm still on thirty-three,
1: uh, yeah. which is forty-seven percent. You're just. You're there, you're yeah. almost at the fifty. Just a yeah, few more I games. I thought the
2: law of averages and the law won.
1: <laughs> yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Arizona audits are still not a logical fallacy because they're still going on, kind <laughs> like of
2: still in yeah, a way, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, they're not going anywhere. It's it's just appalling. Um, I mean, we knew that they weren't going to go anywhere, but the efforts continue, so. The latest yeah. news is that they, um, the, the Republican Senate leaders um, in Arizona uh, requested the routers, as we heard when Trump was saying, where are the oh, routers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, who are involved mm. in actually running the election, wrote the best letter back to them <laughs> to, to explain in yeah. part why they they wouldn't be getting the routers and they wouldn't basically yeah. be getting yeah. any further help from that so i'm going to read the letter almost in yeah. its entirety yeah um, yeah oh yeah. dear senators it is now August of twenty twenty one. The election of November twenty twenty is over. If you haven't figured out that the election in Maricopa County was free, fair, and accurate yet, I'm not sure you ever will. The reason you haven't finished your in quotes audit is because you hired people yeah. who have no experience and little understanding of how professional elections are run. The board has real work to do, and little time to entertain this adventure in Never Neverland. Please finish whatever it is you're doing and release whatever it is you're going to release. <laughs> there was no fraud there wasn't an injection of ballots from asia nor was there a satellite that beamed votes into our election equipment it's time for all elected officials to tell the truth and stop encouraging conspiracies release your report and be prepared to defend any accusations of misdeeds in court it's time to move on (laughs) nice and yeah that is exactly what needs to be said to these people Grow up. These things didn't happen. You're just wasting everyone's time. (laughs) Get over it. Put
2: out the thing that you say that you're threatening. (laughs) And I love that bit. And when it's a kind of a counter demand, which says, you know, just be prepared to defend any accusation of misdeeds. (laughs) So you're, you know, you're going to come out with this report and then we'll all just go, well, you've made all this shit up yeah, and you're trying to pass it off and you can't get away with doing that without some kind of comeback because it's you're bringing the reputation of free and fair elections into disrepute purely on a political basis. Yeah. 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 So, an
1: example <sighs> of one of the kinds of claims that they are likely to make because they've already made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is uh, from Doug Logan is that there were 74,000 phantom mail in ballots that were counted even though there was no record of them being sent out. So, by which they mean. In right. fact, it was 74,241 people listed as voting by early ballot who aren't on right. what's called the EV32 reports, which is the list of postal ballots that were sent out. Um, right. So at first glance, without and as these people, without knowing anything about how elections are run… yeah. That may and we'll sound just
2: do it on first glance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> may sound reasonable, and suspicious because you're going, well, well what's the it, yeah? Rather than just asking an election official, what's the reason for that? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But if but if those ballots weren't sent out to people in the post, but those people still voted early by using those ballots, how did they get them? You know, what's going on? This is almost yeah. this is seventy four thousand uh, ballots. So you know a paper the arizona mirror and uh, abc15 local uh, local abc station you know just yep. asked a question looked into it for 5 minutes um <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that you
2: didn't didn't do the on first glance thing yeah yeah
1: it turns out that that 99.4% of those people 73,819 voted in person yep. at early voting centers so their votes were yeah. early ballots but they didn't need yeah. a ballot to be posted out to them because that's yeah. how the election but, but, works in Arizona.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you yeah.
1: can go there, vote before election day,
2: <laughs> it still yeah, counts. It, it counted. It's counted. So not all postal votes are early and not all early votes are postal.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's it. You can go to the voting place pre-election day and vote in person. You don't yeah. need to have applied for a, a, a an early ballot. You really only need to do that if you are posting your ballot, because you need to have something in your house, basically, that you can write your vote on. Um, And that is a trivially, trivially easy thing to find out if you have any concept of how the election is run. Um, But as Jack Sellers says... Or if
2: you don't, you would find someone (laughs) to ask. You would think so,
1: yeah. Um, But as he says, they, they have... They are high, they hired people who have no experience and little understanding of how professional elections are run. I mean, the entire thing basically has been a shit show from beginning to end. From from trying to kind of maintain the building, they've ruined all of the voting machines. They can't be used anymore because they've you know yeah. they've essentially Exception gone in and yeah they've to find me- messed the them up in a way that standards. means yeah now ironically they can't be sure that they are. Uh, secure for the next election essentially yeah because yeah. they've been messed with yeah. by people who don't know what they're doing um oh, man. yeah and i mean we we will
2: obviously we we'll await to see what their outcome is what the, yeah but and <laughs> but the, where and where that ends up in the, in the courts whether it ends yeah. up in the courts i mean it seems another, them answering
1: misdeeds it yeah. seems inevitable at this stage, as it has for a while now, that it's going to be very similar to the the Kraken lawsuit thing, where yeah. they are going to make their various claims, just as as uh, Mike Lindell has been doing he, in his in his cyber symposium over the last few days. Um, uh, you know, yeah. he make they make a claim, and then someone who knows what they're talking about says, "Well, that's bullshit," and here's why, and that
2: claim goes yeah. away immediately. This is why yeah and the and the thing about the Kraken stuff was even more uh because uh, sca- it's even it's become a kind of meta thing because it's no longer about well it's you know the whole election thing was fine. the accusations that you're making are untrue, so what they're now doing is saying the that the lawyers are saying, well these untrue accusations we ought to be allowed to submit them because there's so many of them yeah. So it's you know it's well, some of those things are happening and so it's just going to go on and on and on and on because and, uh, the lawyers yeah are making that will money absolutely be used fits.
1: I'm sure in this mm. uh, when this comes out is is they will list kind of 20 different infractions where they found some anomaly or claim that they found yeah. some anomaly and even though each one yeah. will be explained away by people who know what they're talking about they will say but look yeah. we found so many problems I'm, I am confident that will be one of their arguments. Is,
2: yeah, yeah. No. And they'll go, so, they're, they're, so there's got to be a problem because we found so many problems. Yeah. Yes, but all of those have been countered. You, you could have sorted that out and hopefully they'll have the, the, like the justice they've got on the cracking case. We'll just say, as a lawyer, did you not think that you ought to be doing little bit of due diligence, a little bit of, stuff? oh, no, no, because, you know, this is what they said. They said that they thought that it might be something that was a bit unusual. Okay, so they it, so it's a fact they were speculating. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all these facts. No, the, the, it's a fact that he was making stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> so it's and uh, yeah, and to kind of uh, yeah, you're right. It will happen. There will be a you know um um the, a next level down where they will say, well, we've got this is surely this is true by sheer weight of numbers. And you go, well, if you're using that argument, the election was true by sheer weight of numbers. (laughs) Was it not? Isn't that not the definition of the bloody election? But I love the way he opens that letter with, it's now August twenty (laughs) three. Yeah. You know, the election of November 2020, a long time ago. Yeah. And it's getting further away. You know, just hurry up and publish. Publish your bloody thing and let's see what you've actually got. Yeah. Rather than continually ask us for more stuff, you know, can you give us the air, the dead space between the server room and the outside <laughs> world that that um, isolated the servers from the internet? Can you give us that air because we're sure that there's not enough oxygen molecules or something? Doug
1: Logan, the head of Cyber Ninjas, has finally also come clean about who's funding. Um, Part of Ah. this, at least, Um, because there was always $150,000 from the Republican Senate, but it's actually cost over $5 million, um, and that's been contributed by people. I don't know how. It's contributed by people, um, by political groups run by prominent Trump supporters, including Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell, Patrick Byrne, and correspondents from One America News Network. So, wow. I mean, it's not surprising all at money. all. It's not yeah. like, no. yeah, they all oh, wasn't expecting that. It, it's exactly who we yeah, expected yeah. was yeah. funding it. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, um,
2: but it's that kind yeah. of, But no, um, see, nobody is saying to um, Doug Logan, "Okay, are you not just an utter charlatan?" Well, the Arizona Mirror is. <laughs> yeah, 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 they yeah. they said they yeah.
1: decided that the especially with this uh, absentee voting statistic that they came out with yeah um they said the mirror yeah. concludes that logan could have only made such an egregiously false claim through either profound incompetence or rank dishonesty <laughs> they said yeah. uh, logan who was in charge of a team tasked with yeah. determining whether there were problems with the 2020 general election in maricopa county either didn't take the basic step of checking the names against the master list of voters or knowingly told the world something that was untrue
2: yeah there you go that's
1: very that's very polite of them isn't it <laughs>
2: absolutely kind of, yeah. Quite fair, isn't it? Yeah, let's you know, leave open yeah. the
1: possibility that he's just stupid. Th-
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As, or, yeah. Rather than worrying, you know, about how do I earn a, a billion trillion dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: so we'll be keeping tabs on <laughs> on what comes out of Maricopa County, but I don't expect it's something that is going to trouble us much. <laughs> And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Say what you like about anti-vaxxers, but you've got to admire their principles. They're just not prepared to put untested remedies containing God knows what into their bodies, no matter what. What's that? They're eating horse deworming paste? Fuck me! Yes, yes. In the desperate attempt to prove they know more than science by killing themselves, anti-vaxxers have seized on a small study from Egypt, published on a preprint website before it was peer-reviewed, which said the anti-parasitic drug ivermectin had shown promise in treating Covid. The fact that paper was subsequently pulled due to ethical concerns including plagiarism and calculation of data points which were, quote, mathematically impossible, increased their interest, if anything. And so, spurred on, no doubt, by Republican politicians such as Senator Ron Johnson promoting the drug, started to ask their doctors for a prescription. Dr Stella Emanuel, the demon sperm lady we talked about back in episode 55, gladly wrote prescriptions, but all the non-crazy doctors were a bit reluctant, so the truth-phobic wackaloons went instead to farm supply stores which sell ivermectin for deworming horses and sheep. The fact that those remedies are dosed for horses that weigh over a ton, even heavier than most Trump supporters, is probably why there has been what one Texas Poison Control Centre worker described as a noticeable increase in calls regarding ivermectin misuse.
2: In the oft-repeated defence of her upbringing, Eliza Doolittle says on several occasions to Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady, I'm a good girl, I am. It's endearing, it's charming, it's indicative of her background and how she'll not stand for being insulted by Higgins in this social experiment to pass her off as a high-born lady at the upcoming race meeting at Ascot. Not really something that one would hope would stand up, say, in a court of law, right? uh uh-uh, wrong. Representing himself, he has a fool for a client, Second appearance in the show, Senator Mo Brooks, I did read it originally as Mel Brooks, and I'm not far off, asked to be dismissed from Eric Swalwell's lawsuit alleging a conspiracy to incite the January 6th riot. The heart of Mo's argument is that when he spoke at Trump's rally on January the 6th, he was acting within the scope of his employment and therefore has immunity from Swalwell's lawsuit. Hmm, it's like working for Trump will mean you're innocent. Well, anyway, OK then, Mo, where's your proof or your shreds of evidence? Well, in his defence, he did present several facts, and the court document lists these somewhat tongue-in-cheek under the heading Verified Brooks Facts. Among them, number one, he's 67. Number two, he's never smoked tobacco. Number six, he's never had a motor vehicle wreck in which anyone claimed he was at fault. Then it gets slightly odder. Seven includes he has always been faithful to his wife. Together they've raised four children, all of whom are married, none of whom have been divorced, all of whom are law-abiding, none of whom have ever been arrested for anything, all of whom had college degrees and jobs. And between them, blessed him with ten grandchildren, with two twins, twins, mine, two of them, and another granddaughter on the way. Well, with that amount of innocence by association, case dismissed. What more do you need? Me, I need a chorus of The Rain in Spain Falls Mainly on the Plane and someone dragging him to the cells, shouting, Move, your blooming arse!
1: Remember just a couple of minutes ago when you thought you'd heard the stupidest an anti-vaxxer can get? <laughs> yeah. Well... The New York Times talked to employees of an eyewear company in the Big Apple to find out their opinions on the vaccine and found a range of ideas, including one employee who said she was concerned because she thought a vaccine had caused the characters in the film I Am Legend to turn into zombies. This is upsettingly not just the ravings of a lone, disturbed Will Smith fan. It is, in fact, a claim widely shared through social media, with many noting that in the movie it took a couple of years for the vaccine to have this devastating effect, so just because the millions of people who've been vaccinated aren't trying to eat your brains yet, it doesn't mean they won't. Aside from the simple fact it was not actually a vaccine, but a genetically modified virus that led to the zombie vampires in the film, there's one other important thing to remember about this. I think the screenwriter of I Am Legend, Akiva Goldsman, put it best when he tweeted, "Oh my god, it's a movie. I made that up. It's not real." <laughs> <laughs>
2: And it seems like only moments ago we were extolling the virtues of the Getter online platform. Nah, we were taking the piss big time. Well, the boundaries of the freedom of speech they say they uphold there are being pushed to its limits, as online jihadists have been flooding the boards with pro-ISIS propaganda. This, of course, despite Trump having defeated ISIS. Remember that? He told us often enough, it must be true... Helpfully, in response, Jason Miller, Trump acolyte and getter platform founder, assured us that the only ISIS members still alive are keyboard warriors hiding in caves and eating dirt cookies. Okay, so Trump didn't fail then. Oh, and that's some Wi-Fi they've got in them caves because they're posting After Effects altered videos of Trump in an orange jumpsuit being executed by militants. Mm. How long before the constant conflict of it's free speech, but hey, wait, that's anti-Trump and that's just a tad anti-US, and his attempts at double-speaking it away and making Trump good in the process finally make Miller's head explode. I've seen the film Scanners, and actually that's morbidly fascinating. Just saying, just saying. I mean, if you look at Jason Miller, his
1: head is always just on the verge of exploding.
2: (laughs) Of exploding (laughs) anyway. (laughs) And I hope he has that kind of, the name tag still on his shirt so you can see what his head looked like before, yeah. Yeah. In
1: the wealthy Dallas suburb of Highland Park, residents received a letter in their mailboxes last month from a group called Dallas Justice Now. The letter began, we are writing to you because we understand you are white, and went on to demand that the wealthy white folk pledge not to send their kids to Ivy League schools in order to make space for students of colour. A note on the Associated website says, Please note, Dallas Justice Now will be publicly announcing the names of those who have and have not signed the pledge. Naturally, it raised some ire and garnered some press, including a feature on Tucker Carlson Tonight, which legally means it's bullshit. This is such an obvious right-wing hoax it's shocking that the letter isn't signed by Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman. But so far, at least, they're not involved. However, Dallas Justice now has been traced back to right-wing PR firm Arena because the right are as bad at covering their tracks as they are at humour and politics.
2: I'm a bit sad that it isn't Jacob Wall and Jack <laughs> I really Berkman, thought when I, I saw the, the story it was going to be. <laughs> it's just so gotta be, yeah. It's just like third paragraph in, there they are! No, no, yeah. Woke means you lose. Everything that is woke goes bad. Trump said that, so of course that's true, except he lost, but he's not woke. He's bad, but he's not woke. Yeah, never mind that. Never mind. Without remembering that he's an ex-president and a future inmate, Trump weighed in in a Piers Morgan kind of way, I guess, and pontificated about the progress of the US women's soccer team in the Japan Olympics. Big sports pundit he's not, but Trigger Meister Troll he is. If a soccer team headed by a radical group of leftist maniacs, wasn't woke, they would have won the
1: gold medal instead of the bronze.
2: Late to the knee-taking Marxist memes from the European soccer tournament, Trump also ignored the fact that Canada, whose team has spent much of the last week showing support for their non-binary and trans midfielder Quinn, won the gold medal. Still, anything to do down his fellow Americans in the name of his fellow Americans and Trump will be there. Talking shite whilst on the only gold thing he's ever won. I oh no, paid for, a fucking gold toilet. I used to think that Florida
1: Governor Ron DeSantis was stupid, but I'm not so sure anymore. See, Ron wants to be president, and he saw how popular Trump was among Republicans after his handling of the pandemic cost hundreds of thousands of American lives. So Ron seems to have decided his best shot at the Republican nomination is to kill as many Floridians as he can. The fucking scary thing is I'm not even sure He's wrong. In the state that is responsible for almost 18% of all the new coronavirus cases in the US, where deaths are up over 50% from last week, during a surge in the Delta variant which is far more likely than other strains to infect children, DeSantis is fighting hard to stop schools mandating masks for their students, even threatening to withhold the salary of school board officials who try to, you know, value the lives of children. Vacuous traitor Lauren Boebert tweeted this week, Democrats want to turn the country into Portland, Republicans want to turn the country into Florida, Nuff said. And she thought that was a point for her side.
2: In British politics this week, I escaped Boris Island and I'm in France, having moved my return date to a week earlier because of having to self-isolate back in the UK due to the hastily made-up traffic light warning colour called Amber Plus that only applied to France. Returning from the rest of the entirety of Europe with two vaccines as a certificate would mean you're fine and could go straight back to normal life and to work and not need to use any more leave, etc, etc. But not France. Oh, no, 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 no. Some cases of the beta variant of the virus were counted on the French territory of La Réunion, which is about 6,000 miles from Paris. But this, of course, meant that the whole of France was dangerous. In reality i.e. not in Boris's head, the cases in La Réunion were less than parts of Europe and those in Paris less than those in the UK. But anyway, it was nothing to do with Macron's objections to the UK government trying to tear up the oven-ready Brexit withdrawal agreement that's turned out to be half-baked and causes major problems with tearing up the Northern Ireland Peace Agreement. No, of course, bien sûr, nothing, rien, I left England on the day that the UK government changed it back to ordinary amber, so I don't have to isolate. Yeah, thanks. I've got to another week not in the Sunday uplands of post-Brexit Britain. Jealousy alert, it's been 31 degrees and bright sunshine here all week, and red wine is less than $3 a bottle. Vive la revolution! <laughs>
1: So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
2: If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our strawman-level patrons Max Beaver, Kaz Tui, Stephen Bickle, Schmoots, Mark Reichy and Amber R. Buchanan and our top two Scotsman-level patron Lauren. Thanks so much, everyone. We really do appreciate your continued support.
1: You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump.
2: All music is by The Outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald.
0: That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.